0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's
3: go! This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSEN.
4: Okay, it's hour two Lombardi Line here on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network. We're brought to you by BetMGM. We today are Mike Pritchard there at Circa in Las Vegas. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Las Vegas, Michael Lombardi, a speaking engagement today. He will be back. The big guy will be back tomorrow. We've got you covered in this hour. Professional handicapper Mike Samich coming up in about 13 minutes, plus the return, the weekly segment with Mike Palm. And what's cool about today is it's going to be Palm's pressing three, but it's going to be directed right at you, Pritch. Are you ready to handle the heat
5: from Mike Palm today? I think so. I think so. I played in front of, what, 80,000 people? Uh, millions of people on TV. I should be okay. Should be okay. I think. Yes, but
4: Mike Pritch- when when Palm is pressing, it uh-huh. does feel like eighty thousand people okay. coming on, come coming down on you in a big wave at once. So right. we'll get to, of course, Bon Vivant Mike Palm coming up in just a little bit. Okay, a couple updates. I did tease you as far as Dallas at Philly. We do have a big line move there. I'll get to that in a second. Speaking of lines tonight, you've got the Commanders. They've lost four straight. They have drama surrounding the club. It's pervasive, of course, the ESPN article today. You think this was purposeful? The fact that ESPN and the reporters dropped it today. So much drama swirling around Washington. Dan Snyder hiring private investigators. It's alleged uh, to find drama as far as the other owners, execs, and potentially even Roger Goodell. Uh, So some of the attention taken off the game and also... Uh, Chicago's lost two straight. So these are two teams that have combined to lose six straight games. Mm-hmm. This number opened a pick It was frozen, Pritch, at a pick'em most of the week. And now we're starting to see a couple of ones pop up with the Commanders laying it at Chicago tonight.
5: Yeah, I mean, not only the drama there, I mean, I think buried right now, Carson Wentz with the um, biceps tendon strain too, but Good he's going to still play, right? I mean, uh, yeah, this game is ugly. And last week we saw a horrible football game and. I don't know if the NFL can stomach another week of that. So, I I mean, the commanders are denying this story. They're saying that it's not true from ESPN. But, I mean, if you're ESPN, why would you go with this on a Thursday night right before the game, too? So, uh, yeah, I mean, read into what you want about that. Uh, from, from a player's standpoint, uh, you're going to talk about it a little bit. But once you get to the stadium, your focus is going to be on the football game, though.
4: Everything points to the under. This open yeah. 40, it's been bet down to 38. Washington is 26th in scoring this year at 18 points per. Chicago, 17.2. They're 27th in scoring. Also, the trends point to the under. Unders cashing at a 59% clip this year. Thursday Night Football, the unders are 4-1. and The unders on Thursday Night Football back to last season are 16-7. and Speaking of which, betting systems. VEASAN pros get the betting systems. And Steve Mackinan jumped into... Those standalones, Monday night football, Sunday night football, and Thursday night football, the information is invaluable. Go check it out. Become a VSIN pro at slash subscribe. You know what's funny? As you said that, Pritch, and I'm glad you brought it up as mm-hmm. far as Carson Wentz and the injury. Carson Wentz played very well against the Titans. He hasn't been the commander's issue. That offensive line, which they didn't fortify in the offseason, has been the issue. You know who runs everything with the commanders? Personnel, head coach, he does everything. That's Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. When Ron Rivera was asked this week what the issue during his tenure has been with the Commanders, he smugly said quarterback. He handpicked Carson Wentz. It also is a little alarming when you look at that division. Dayball, what he's getting out of Jones. Mm -hmm. Sirianni, what he's getting out of Hurts. McCarthy, what he's getting out of Cooper Rush. It's a terrible look. For, frankly, if you just look at the record, a guy that's been a pretty bad head coach in 11 seasons in the NFL and Ron Rivera. Yeah,
5: you throw in the drama, too, with the organization. Now, I mean, nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors out there with Ron Rivera. But uh, it seems to me that he's swimming in the deep end without a noodle, Uh, to be honest with you, (laughs) uh, Patrick. I mean... Uh, every man for themselves, right? Like Carson Wentz, you know, yeah, I wanted him, but really he's not my quarterback. I mean, again, it's up to interpretation uh, on what to say or read uh, what Ron Rivera was talking about, but he's not talking about Del Rio. He's not talking about how his defense is ultra talented, but not getting the job done, uh, allowing so many passing touchdowns and then uh, certainly uh, not applying enough pressure up front there too to disrupt quarterbacks uh, at times or important times of games. Uh, so uh, he's pointing the finger at everybody else but himself. Uh, and he hasn't had a winning season yet uh, out there with the commanders. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's swimming a little bit here. Uh, and I, maybe that comment was just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's going to happen to him. Are you talking about like those noodles that you jump on and you float? Is right. that
4: what you, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I got you. Those I got of, you, I got yeah. you Those
5: of us that sink when we get into water, uh, we need noodles. Well, yeah. You know. Well,
4: people don't realize this summer Bill Ad threw a huge pool party for all the employees here at Veasan. Len was there. Brian mm-hmm. Musburger. Everybody was there. Luminaries here at uh, right. Veasan. And Pritch came to the party with the water wings on before he even jumped <laughs> in the pool, which was a weird look
5: for somebody as jacked as you, Pritch. See, see that? That's how rumors get started, right there, Patrick. Right there. See, <laughs> see, wings. Uh, did you? <laughs> Maybe did a you
4: know? <laughs> did you did you know that we are the Cowboys headquarters here at Vison Goulet? You've got of course Dave Ross. Right. You've got Femi Abebefe. They're all not from Texas, but they love the Cowboys because <laughs> right. they're front runners. Well, here is an interesting matchup coming up on Sunday night, and that is the Dallas Cowboys at the Eagles. Mm. Now I brought it up because this is important. For example, Circa DraftKings they open five five and a half. Sunday evening we've now seen this number go through six immediately those books that opened five five and a half got bet up to six that key number Pritch now we've gone through six with the Eagles lane six and a half here
5: yeah how about that too and you think about the Cowboys and their defense so like have the Eagles face a defense like this right I mean they've only allowed five total touchdowns five Incredible. Uh, it is incredible what this Dallas Cowboys defense. And you talk about a team that can match up with another team. And when I look at a game like this, divisional game, possession type of game, it's going to be about matchups. Like, are the Eagles in their scheme, uh, are they going to out what Dallas is doing? And then certainly on the other side too, is Dallas going to out-scheme uh, the Eagles? Probably not. I mean, the personnel, they're so familiar with each other uh, at this point, Patrick. So uh, it's going to be a matchup game. I-, I think A.J. Brown was brought to... Uh, the Eagles, to, to create that type of matchup, Dallas Goddard, too. I mean, those type of guys can kind of create that matchup. But then you look at the Dallas Cowboys again, too, uh, and the matchups they face already this year. I mean, it, it's fascinating uh, that this line has ticked up that way. What's fa- Well, we
4: talked about the Eagles, who went to Washington, and absolutely boat race the Commanders. Mm-hmm. And one thing about the Eagles, and you talked about the Cowboys, the Eagles might have the best offensive front in football. They just do not give up pressure. They're so good across that front. But I'm watching this Cowboys team, and if it's the Cowboys or the 49ers, I don't know who the best defense in football is this year, but I can tell you the Cowboys and 49ers are the fastest. This is a special unit there in Dallas this year.
5: Yeah, it really is. And, and then on the other side, I mean, has Jalen Hurts hit a ceiling? Like, we haven't seen Jalen Hurts play above board where he's at right now. I mean, I think he's fantastic with his legs and creating, and certainly they're creative in the red zone, and they use everybody, all the elig- eligibles. I mean, they play with six, right, with Jalen Hurts. But from a passing standpoint, if they get uh, into situations where they're not winning on first down or earlier downs, uh, and it, it does turn into a defensive situation situation, is Jalen Hurts the type of quarterback can, that can elevate, right? I mean, elevate farther than he has so far uh, this season and and against this type of defense, too. So uh, I want to see that. I I haven't made a bet on it yet, but as it's ticking up, I mean, it's getting interesting to me, though. You know, you probably
4: heard this stat repeated incessantly, but the NFC East hasn't had a repeat winner since 4 Remember, Andy Reid and the Eagles did it four straight. Cowboys win this division last year. It's fascinating that we've talked about other divisions in particular in the East. Outside of the East team we're going to see tonight in the
5: Commanders, the East has been awesome this year. Yeah, it really has. Uh, Great job right there. I mean, Dable, you knew that was going to be better from last year just because it was so horrible uh, with the coaching situation, right? I mean, uh, you don't have fights uh, amongst uh, players and coaches and stuff like that this year, and you got the complete buy-in. Uh, the Cowboys, too, uh, I, I think the ship being steadied uh, because of the injury to Dak. And, and Troy Aikman brought up an interesting point, too. Like, if Cooper Rush does beat the Eagles, I mean, I think it's a real discussion whether or not you go back to Dak, right? Oh, you do. Well, oh, that's what do. Troy's talking about. I mean, Troy Aikman, I mean, I think he's close to that situation, and uh, he's close to to the people that run that team. So, uh, it, it gets interesting if you have that. I mean, he's undefeated. Uh, like, like, is Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe, isn't it? I mean, that was an injury. Um, but not to the fact that, okay, Cooper Rush is going to turn into the GOAT. I'm not saying that, but your team is playing, your, your coaches are calling the game uh, in a fashion that's benefiting the Dallas Cowboys. Like, will they have to change all that with Dak? I mean, those are all questions I, I think as a staff uh, is taking place right now. Now, we'll see if Cooper Rush can complete the task uh, and beating the Eagles. But I, I think I agree with Troy, though. I think it becomes a real uh, discussion point uh, amongst the coaches there in Dallas.
4: My, my, my. You and I worked together weeks ago, and I called
5: Cooper Rush. Remember <laughs> what I said, Pritch? Yes, what did I, did, did I say? Well, What did I say? You said that, if I'm if i going to quote you, you said that he was my boy, right? Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, because when I think of Mike Pritchard, right, right. I think of you hanging out with a redheaded dude named Cooper Rush exactly. and just running through the strip there in Vegas. That's right. what I
5: think. That's your boy. See, not in Vegas, but Culver's, I'll give him credit for introducing me to Culver's. But like Central Michigan, what Mount Pleasant, right? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, if I was going to hang out with anybody, it would have been Cooper Rush uh, up there in Mount Pleasant. I think he would have protected yes. me. Uh, at least, well, I mean, right? Mount Pleasant
4: has tremendous casinos, and there's a rumor floating around. They have good strip clubs up there oh. as well, but I can't confirm, Okay, nor can I deny that. Yeah. Dallas, Philly, again, we've gone through six, up to six and a half at most shops. That total, by the way, opened 45 and a half has been bet down to 42 Mm. for Sunday Night Football. Can't wait for the Cowboys and Eagles. Coming up next, professional handicapper Mike Samich is gonna join us, and he has a tip for you on betting team totals you're not gonna wanna miss. And don't let Pritch lie to you. He came to that pool party with the water wings. He had the snorkel coming out of his mouth. He was ready to go. We're back.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring
3: former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, BetMGM, the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com. Download the app, BetMGM. It's a great app as far as in-game betting. It's very responsive. I encourage you all to check it out. Remember, if you're in Vegas, bring your state-issued ID to any BetMGM property. When you do, you're going to be ready to bet within minutes. 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have an issue, you've got to be 21 years or older. That's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. we got you back here, Mike Pritchard, in a very dapper striped shirt today. I'm Patrick Maher, Pritch sitting in for Michael Lombardi. Lombardi will be back tomorrow. We look forward to the big guy's return Of course, Pritch. We have the Commanders. Are you used to the Commanders? Are you used to saying this yet? We call them the Commodores because shout the Lionel Richie, why not? (laughs) Are you used to the Commanders moniker yet?
5: No, man. I mean, we were talking about the the tradition there for Washington a minute ago. And, you know, I played against that 91 uh, Super Bowl team. I think that was the best Super Bowl team ever, uh, to be honest with you. So, no, I'm I'm not used to the Commanders at all. Uh, I'm used to the old name uh, that they had years ago.
4: They were so good. Art Monk and the Hogs up Mm -hmm. front. That was a great team. It really was a a great team. Okay, we welcome in Mike Samich in his regular Thursday spot here on the Lombardi line. He's a professional handicapper, RacingDudes.com. We were just talking about the horse racing. Of course, Samich is a king in the sport. We say hi, Mike. How are you, buddy?
6: Doing well. Looking forward to a barn burner on Thursday night here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
4: a barn burner with a total all the way up to... 38. We've seen the unders cash this year overall in the NFL at a 59% clip Thursday night, four and one to the under 16 and seven to the under since last season. Let's start with the game and then we'll get into your pro tip of the day. Maybe a couple of props as well. We're seeing the commanders, even though it's bears money, we're seeing the commanders jump up to a one point favorite at a couple of shops. Others are still sitting on a pick them. What's your overall overview on the game tonight?
6: It's going to be interesting. I I think that a lot of it comes down to what you can expect from this Washington offense. And if they're able to move the football, And when you dissect their schedule, they played five games so far. Tennessee, Dallas and Philadelphia are all top six pass rushes in the NFL right now. The other two games, they played low level pass rushes. And that's when you saw Carson Wentz have success against both the Jaguars and the Lions. Chicago coming into this game, PFF has rated as the worst pass rush in the NFL. I feel like that's going to be the big differentiator here. I think Washington's going to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm going to lean toward Washington here. I I like them on the money line. I like the minus one. I'm not going to go crazy with it, but I I do think Washington has an edge. When I look at the total, and I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, I like the over in this spot. I think 38 is just a little bit too low for two teams that don't rush the passer very well, that have the potential to not only create big plays on the offensive side of the football from defensive breakdowns, but also have two quarterbacks who don't mind turning over the football and creating short fields. It's hard to predict defensive scores. It's hard to predict turnovers and short fields for to creating touchdowns. But
5: if you're going to see it, tonight's the kind of night you're going to see it, and 38 is just a
6: wildly low
5: total. You know, Mike, it's interesting, too, because um, uh, I'm trying to be more re- well-rounded as a as a better, too, right? And uh, like, for instance, baseball, I look at team total situations. You got pitching matchups. You got the individual aspect, right, uh, of baseball. But everything I hear in this game is about Washington and the commanders and that offense. So what about a bet on the commanders and a, and a team total situation? I mean, Carson Wentz has played okay. Uh, he hasn't really played horrible football. And, I mean, is that something that you could possibly look at for tonight's game? Definitely.
6: I think the Commander's team total over 19 and a half is a very good look in this spot. They are the team that I'm more confident is going to get their points. I mentioned Chicago's pass rush last in the NFL. Carson Wentz, not good at all against pressure, but grades out around middle of the pack when he faces no pressure or clean pocket. So the fact that Carson Wentz should have a clean pocket for the majority of this game and the weapons on the outside don't have to face any elite cornerbacks, it really leans toward Washington's offense having some success here. And the fact of the matter is 20 points is not that difficult to get to. It's a pretty low total, especially when you have Justin Fields on the other side who has the propensity to turn the football over. So I like the Washington team total over 19 and a half. I think that they're going to have success tonight moving the football against that Bears defense
4: yeah and mike samich joining us here on the lombardi line your pro tip look for team total plays to support your opinion versus lane points with a road favorite we could see the commanders being a road favorite tonight so that's that fits your pro tip there samich
6: yeah it does i mean one of the things that i struggled with when i started betting football was that you want to bet the better team it's just natural And, and this week we have eight road favorites all of them which are probably the better team but the majority of them probably don't cover. It's it's tough for these road teams to cover. However, I still think you can find ways to make money by by looking at the team totals in these games and, and playing to your opinion in those spots. I think a great example of that is the Tampa Bay at the at Pittsburgh this week. Look, Tampa's laying either nine, eight, nine, or ten, depending on where you're shopping at and depending on what it goes off at. But you really like Tampa in that game because you don't think Pittsburgh is going to score. And so I would much rather look toward the team total for Pittsburgh and playing that under. Right now you can get Pittsburgh under seven and a half points in the first half as a team total. You can get Pittsburgh under 17 and a half for the game as a team total. I like both of those more than laying the points with, uh, with, with Tampa. And I mentioned that last week as well. When you had Tampa laying seven or eight on the road at Atlanta, Atlanta's team total 17 and a half. They never sniffed it. They only got to 15. All of those points came in the second half. And Tampa ends up not covering and wins
5: the game 21-15. You know, Mike, uh, looking at this uh, other game in terms of um, uh, what I'm seeing from dogs, for instance, right? Um, there's there's the Jets out there, and the people are intrigued by the New York Jets, the football Jets, right? Uh, and, and I think uh, against Green Bay, probably some flaws going on right there. Is this a chance to take the Jets here? I mean, it's, you're catching seven and a half points, considering uh, away dogs are at 60%. Uh, So far this year, ATS.
6: I think it's a great spot for the Jets. First off, you saw their offense really start to come into its own against Miami. So I I think that sets up well for them. But to me, the big thing here is you got an offense that is just really struggling on getting the ball to the outside. When you look at that Green Bay offense, especially what you saw over in London, they just. They couldn't consistently move the football in the second half against the Giants, and they ended up just kind of throwing the ball up And back-to-back possessions. They didn't kind of play that short game, didn't establish the run. Now they're playing the other New York franchise, and the Jets' run defense is significantly better than the Giants. They should be able to slow them down up front. God forbid you put the game in Aaron Rodgers' hands, but he's really struggled with it. And on top of that, you talk about these teams coming back from London without a bye. This is going to be the eighth and ninth team that have done that. The previous seven have all been tied or losing in the fourth quarter on the next week after coming back from London, and if you look at the two teams that came back last week, you've got the Vikings that gave up 22 to the Bears, which was their second highest total of the season, and the New Orleans Saints, which gave up 32 to the Seattle Seahawks. So both of those teams on defense specifically struggled coming back the week after playing in London. I think that's a trend we're going to consistently see. It is tough to play defense in the NFL let alone to do it after flying back from London the very next week. So I I think the Jets offense has a chance to get going here. And I hate what I've seen from the Packers defense or offense as well. So I I think this is a good spot to take the Jets plus the seven and a half.
4: You know, you said something about betting favorites earlier. We'll dive into this next week. But confirmation bias is something that can be a gambler's worst nightmare because Just innately, the favorite is built into that confirmation bias. Most bettors look for continued reasons, Mike, to bet the favorite, whether it's horse racing or a favorite football team, and that goes with on the road. That's why you're saying sometimes take a different look, maybe team totals to stay away from that confirmation bias, which runs so many bettors.
6: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The last thing any of us want to do is feel stupid. And, and this Jets-Packers game is a good example. If you go to your friends who don't know very much about betting and say, yeah, I lost money taking the Jets over the Packers last weekend, <laughs> you feel kind of stupid <laughs> saying it. But look, yes, it's the right side point. in this case. You, you you want to be on the Jets here because they have a better situation. You're catching the seven and a half. And look, you're trying to win 57% of your bet. You're not trying to win 100%. And so the idea is get your money in good consistently. Be on the right side consistently and let that 57% play out. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. I like the Dolphins minus six and a half. I had no idea Skylar Thompson was gonna be the quarterback last week. But so <laughs> be it. You know, oh that's 0-1. That's not that doesn't ruin your season. And so it's important to just keep making good betting decisions and getting in on the right side of a game instead of trying to, you know, just do the same thing that everyone else is doing because you don't want to feel dumb. Yeah.
4: You can have your 57%. I'll take 56%, I'll be happy with it. Hey, Thanks. by the way, Pritch. Your boy Geno Smith is balling, Uh and Arizona shouldn't be laying points at anybody. At home, I know they play better on the road. Samich, we just have a minute here. Arizona's laying two and a half, three. It's got to be the biggest total on the board. Let me look. Yes, 50 and a half, Arizona at Seattle. What do you got on this one?
6: Look, give me Seattle. I'll I'll take the points at home against what I believe is the worst defense in the NFL right now. Arizona has been awful on that side of the football, specifically in the secondary. At some point, you gotta start just believing this Geno thing is real. He's graded out as the number one quarterback at PFF (laughs) right now. We're five weeks into the season. He's doing it against good defenses. He's doing it against bad defenses. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I trust Geno Smith right now, (laughs) especially with those weapons on the outside and especially against this defense that does not generate any pressure whatsoever. It could easily be a shootout. Arizona is gonna get theirs as well, but I'm gonna take the points at home with what I believe is the better offense.
4: Commanders, 19 and a half team total. Samich is going over. Professional handicapper, Mike Samich, RacingDudes.com. Hey, I want to ask you about Geno Smith, Pritch, when we come back as well. Thank you, Samich. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Good luck. Okay. There he goes, Mike Samich. Palms pressing three. Who's he pressing today? Mike Pritchard. It's going to get interesting. He's next.
3: To the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: It's into my heart to see Mike Palm walk into the studio there at Circa with his VSIN Pro basketball betting guide. He printed it out, which is he's just so ride or die. It's awesome. Now, listen, you got to pick it up. It's slash subscribe. Remember, the basketball pro betting guide is only available to VSIN pros. So it's simple. It's 99 bucks. You go over to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You become a pro. You get JVT, strategy, advice, predictions, conference winners, win totals. Everything's in there. It's our best association guide yet. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Mike Pritchard sitting in for Michael Lombardi. We are joined now by not just Beeson, but Circa bon Vivant, Mike Palm. And I want to start with a couple of things. One, a congratulations There's a rumor that Circa was named Best Casino Sportsbook. Is that fair with the awards? Fill us in on this.
7: Yeah, well, it's G2E this week, so it's the gaming convention. And uh, every year they have on Monday a luncheon, Global Gaming Awards. And uh, one of the categories is Best North American Property. So for the second consecutive year, Circa won. I was a little surprised. Last year, not as surprising because we were the new kids on the block. Mm -hmm. So you get a little shine from that. But then we won it. Uh, for the second consecutive year, and Derek Stevens actually finished second in the Executive of the Year uh, award behind uh, Amy Howe from FanDuel. So congratulations to Derek and to the whole team. It was quite an honor.
4: There was a rumor it was Len Mead that came in first. Now you're telling me it was somebody else, okay? That's number one, we've clarified. Number two, you were talking to Pritch about going to the BYU-Notre Dame game at Allegiant Stadium, and you were kind of interrupted during the break, so I want you to finish with your thought. You thought what of the atmosphere I there thought, at Allegiant Stadium?
7: I thought the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. It was like going to a major bowl game.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Uh, although it was probably 70-30 or 75-25 Notre Dame fans, of course, a home game in the Shamrock Series. I was ultra impressed by the BYU fans. Um, they were in the north end zone and sort of on the opposite side of the field, on the east side of the field. It was so loud. You know, Notre Dame did not want to go into that end, Mm -hmm. you know, when they were on offense or have to come off of that end. It was clear the way they ran plays uh, at the end of quarters with with, with the switch. I was really – it was a great atmosphere. BYU was down. They came back. They made a game out of it. Notre Dame had to get a fourth down stop. Mm -hmm. That was just terrific. And, of course, going with Trent, I mean – the biggest advantage is we could go down to that lounge with all the food and, and you know, and just walk up to a table and they clear two seats. Oh, that's it's right. bra- yeah, We didn't have to time it
5: out at all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's that's how you go to a game right there. Uh, you know, I always thought that college football, the atmosphere was better than pro football. Like, that's why I'm a big fan of college football. I, I think um, from a, from an enthusiasm and certainly energy level, it's completely different than when you go to a national footballing game.
7: Yeah, I've been to games at Soldier Field, Bears games, mm-hmm. and then Notre Dame games because they would play there. I mean, it's not not, not even comparable. Uh, I was Brent took me down on the field before the game. We were there about an hour early. I didn't realize that college field is eight feet below where the Raiders play because the Raiders bring their own natural grass in, and the whole apparatus is eight feet tall. So the college kids are actually, you know, you know, they're playing below the feet of the of, of the NFL players. It's pretty awesome.
4: I actually went to, fellas, I went to the Raiders-Chargers game to close out the year at Allegiant last year. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, the atmosphere was, it was pretty lit there. That was a playoff game, though. That was a playoff. That was a playing
7: game. A win win and you're in tie and you're in Right, right, right. right. Well,
5: that's the thing about college football, because each and every week, the games have that kind of uh, magnitude to them. Yeah. Who's,
4: uh, what's Circa going to need? I saw Circa went to one and a half. They dropped back down to one with the Commanders tonight. Everybody across the market's sitting 38. Uh, fill us in on the number there at Circa.
7: Yeah, it's, uh, it's back and forth. Really, it's two-way action. A little more action on the total, uh, actually, than the side here. We're seeing some over action. I know you're, you're, the guest Mike on before me likes the over as well uh in this game not a huge decision right now by the time we get to game time it'll be right now we have a bigger decision on the Astros game uh this afternoon uh but maybe more action tonight since the Yankees are mm-hmm. postponed and this becomes the sole really game in the spotlight tonight yeah
5: why are sharps um on the commanders as much as they have been the last couple of weeks
7: I, I can't believe on Sunday that was our biggest decision of the year mm-hmm. we needed the Titans they bet Everybody bet the Commanders all night, Saturday night, and into the game to the point where we had the Commanders favored by kickoff. I mean, and, and I don't get it. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. T- to the eye test, I don't get it at all because at this point, Wentz is so immobile. You know, I I, I think they, they downgraded at quarterback. They just really don't get any offense going. And yet, they had four yards to get to win the game at the right. end, too. So, uh, you know, you, you stole Tennessee two weeks in a row on the road uh, uh, where, where they – quote, upset teams on the road to get their season back on track.
4: Do you have thoughts? Did you see the bombshell? It's it, You'd have to take, like, honestly, 30 minutes to read it, but ESPN today, a couple of months of investigation. Wickersham was one of the guys that dropped the bombshell. Daniel Snyder, embattled commander's owner, hired private investigators to look into other owners, execs, possibly even the commissioner. What was your reaction, Mike Palm?
7: Well, if anything, it signals that he's guilty that he's <laughs> going to try to blackmail the NFL, right? right? right. And, uh, you know, I think the billionaire owners probably have a little more uh, insulation into the things they've done than, than the average guy as well, but uh, they, they want him out and even more so with, with this article. What he's done to the franchise and the fans there and a very proud franchise in our nation's capital is, is, is really despicable. I'm sure Michael will have uh, a lot more thoughts on this and, and as to what some of these implications are
4: just quickly after the collapse from Seattle in game 1 I'm curious where is the money flowing Seattle Houston today
7: you know it's on Houston and it's a, buy, a kind of a buy low spot right because of Castillo has been so good what a pitching matchup
4: i, I great matchup
7: know, i bet Framber Valdez for cy young at 100 to 1 before the season the guy's had like 85 consecutive quality starts and he's you know Verlander has just shown and he probably won't get too many votes but You know he's going to give you six-plus, and he's only probably going to give up two runs. Can Castillo be better than that, facing the Astros at home? It should be a terrific, terrific game. In my mind, the best pitching matchup of the playoffs so far.
4: I totally agree. I actually think maybe the series loses a bit of the luster, Mike, because of the collapse from Seattle. You you almost, that momentum that carried over from the previous series with the Mariners beating... Verlander that way in game one the Astros come back but this is an amazing matchup as far as the pitching's concerned totally agree um okay are you ready we're gonna come back we're gonna press palm we have a uh, we're gonna press Mike Pritchard were you prepared to press Pritch as opposed to Lombardi today
7: well you know I was I was driving in and and Stephen 007 uh sent me a text hey just just a heads up it's Pritch Michael's off today there was a schedule switch I had Three questions prepared for Michael Lombardi, so I had to think of a couple for Pritch in the car on the way in. Are they good?
4: (laughs) We'll we'll see. I mean, the
7: the, the viewing audience will tell the tale, right? We'll see if the ratings spike up.
4: (laughs) Always, uh, always look forward to it. And Mike Palm, the consummate professional. By the way, you guys went through six, up to six and a half, Mm -hmm. with Philly Lane at Sunday night, Dallas. That's a tremendous matchup. Thoughts on the move there through six? You know, it's interesting. I wonder if...
7: The Eagles will be used in Survivor this week. I I, I think mm-hmm. there's some talk there about is this the spot to use them when you still have Cooper Rush in? You know, you're not going to use them against Dallas later. Um the game sat five for so long. I'm a little bit surprised at the movement. Um, I I it's hard to think it will get to seven just because you know, as we discussed last week with Michael, I, I think Cooper Rush makes the Dallas a better offensive staff and McCarthy a better game manager. Because they're limited and they know what they can do mm-hmm. with rush, so they don't go out there and just say, you know, we can do whatever we want because we have Dak. He'll bail us out. We, they manage the game
5: from the start, right. and I, I think they've done a better job this year. I heard you talk about that too, yeah. uh, and I, I piggyback on that because you know, in terms of Jalen Hurts, like, have we has he hit a ceiling? Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm talking about like, I mean, I, I don't know if he can elevate further than he's already has elevated uh, in terms of the quarterback for the Eagles and uh, the Cowboys in that defense. Uh, they're just so ferocious out there and, and so fast. Patrick's talked about that too in accordance to what you mentioned uh, with the quarterback situation.
7: It'll be interesting because now you have a quarterback that's a little more mobile. Mm-hmm. You know, Stafford is not very mobile and they got to play Stafford. They got to play Wentz, mm-hmm. right? And, but, but boy, they put the pressure on. You. That's, you know, Michael's talked about this for a few years. It's really impossible to defend for these DBs and safeties, and, and you you know this, with today's rules, right. if you let the quarterback have five seconds and he can pick a target, the way you defend the pass is pressure. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Are you both saying, and I'll start with you, Mike Palm, are you saying you'd continue with rush when Prescott is healthy? They won't. Uh, it, it's hard. No, they can't because of the money. Yeah. They, can't. They, they, right. they, they, they won't, but the kid's 5-0, and oh, and
7: the, the passer rating, and he, just, he doesn't make mistakes. You brought it up last week, Patrick. He's got the second quickest read time, which they all talk about young quarterbacks transitioning into the league. The hardest thing is reading these complex defenses. Mm -hmm. The defenses Mm -hmm. in college football, not nearly
5: as complex as what you see in the NFL. He's made that transition mentally. Yeah, he really has. uh, (laughs) Just a recognition pre-snap, because in college, you don't see the rotations, right? In in the secondary, like you do uh, in the league. But uh, his trade value, though, Patrick, is going through the roof, though. I mean,
1: if he gets (laughs) this win, right? (laughs)
4: Well, he, listen, he, he, he is now officially going to get a paycheck from the NFL for 12 more years, 10 sure, to 12 more years. Sure. That's what he's done. Uh, by the way, it's nice of Mike Palm to give us time because I know Europa League took up a lot of your morning today. I've got Betis and Roma over two and a half. It was just tied one, one before the break and they took a goal off the board. That is a dagger. Oh, wow. Coming up next, Mike Palm will press Mike Pritchard. A little something we call ebony and ivory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
2: is uncanny usa
4: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts
3: if you dare this is colin coward from the herd with colin cowherd angie's list is now angie the nation's largest home service marketplace
4: Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits and free bets. Or if you're planning to trip to Vegas, you can use those credits towards dining, shows, hotel rooms. It's sports betting's best premier loyalty program. It's like a credit card. You get points, you make a bet, you get points. It's that simple. It's 21 years or older, and if you have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Catch you back here at Lombardi Line. Mike Palm joins us. Mike Pritchard sitting in for Michael Lombardi. Always happy to have Pritch. The big guy will be back tomorrow. This is generally when Palm presses Lombardi. However, we're going Ebony Ivory, a, a little <laughs> curveball here, as Palm is going to press Pritch. Mike, the floor is yours.
7: All right, these are just straight off the dome driving in. All right, number one, Pritch, mm-hmm. most of us have seen The famous Colts sideline video of Peyton Manning arguing with his center Jeff Saturday. Saturday wanted the Colts to run the ball more, and Peyton basically told him, I'll call the plays, and you block the plays that are called. I was reminded of this video on Sunday night watching the game in Baltimore when the Bengals had first and goal on the two with four minutes to go down by six, and they called three passing plays and a gimmick play. The defending AFC champions not once trying to run the ball into the end zone to win the game. What does Zach Taylor's play calling in that instance, if anything, do to their offensive line?
5: Oh, man, uh, you hate it as an <laughs> offensive lineman. Absolutely. You talk to any offensive lineman, what they want to do, Mike uh, and Patrick, uh, is move another human being against their will, <laughs> right? Uh, and then you're a couple yards away. You feel like uh, you can get there uh, if, if you could run the football. So I, I think, like any player, if your coach is reluctant to do that and get too cute, uh, with some trick plays down there, that, that's not a great message. It really isn't. Uh, a lot of times, you just want to be physical. Uh, you just want to knock somebody over and pancake them if you can and, and get the ball in the end zone. So uh, to get cute like they're back there, I, I think is something that you can lose faith in as a player uh, towards coach, towards play caller. Taylor's
4: getting crushed. Yeah, it's he It's funny when we, in retrospect, Pritch, when we look back on last year's Super Bowl, you know the Ram- I think Michael's called it the worst two teams he's seen in a Super Bowl in a while mm. with the Rams and Bengals. Question
7: number two. Let's go to Monday Night Football. Okay. Raiders' final offensive play, fourth and one from midfield, no timeouts left, trailing the Chiefs by a point. They run a pass play, and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro Collide along the hashes on the left side. Derek Carr's pass falls mebly to the ground 15 yards beyond them, and the Chiefs win the game. Is the result of that play, Pritch, poor route running, excellent defense, or bad play calling?
5: Oh, poor route running. Poor <laughs> route running, Mike Fong. I mean, <laughs> that play was there. I go back to the earlier in the game when they, fourth and one, they threw a bomb mm-hmm. to Devontae Adams. There was no safety. Uh Spag, uh, no, the, the uh, defense coordinator there for Kansas City, he's known for casino blitzing, bringing a house, right, in those situations. Uh, and Josh McDaniels knew that. Derek Carr knew that. And they had to look. Uh, they had outside leverage to Devontae Adams. He had anything and everything to the inside. Hunter Renfro, whatever he was thinking, which I don't know if he was thinking, uh, ran a deeper route than he should have. I mean, that was fourth and one situation. If anything, why are you running deep? Hunter Renfro, right? Uh, you got to cut that route off and cut underneath uh, Devonte Adams because that was a touchdown. That that would have won the game uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. And you saw how upset the players were after that. But I know that was, that was an excellent, excellent play call. Just poor, really poor execution by uh, Hunter Renfro, though. The bobble on the play before wasn't it, Mike Paul? Okay,
4: the bobble well, yeah, from that, Adams on the see, play before. That, that's so tough because I don't know if he even catches that ball on his
5: fingertips. Is his foot still down? That. That that's tough. I mean, super duper 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 replay goes frame by frame, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't I challenge any receiver out there, anybody out there really to think about catching the rock uh, and not feeling like you're not going to have control of the football. You're going to have control. He had possession of the football. We're going back to what's the catch now when you're watching frame by frame if that football moves. I wouldn't even call it a bobble. It, it just moved. From his hand, he brought it in as he was bringing it in. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it should have been a catch, though.
4: How about your boy Devontae Adams laying out that cameraman, Pritch? Oh,
5: man. Well, first of all, the cameraman should have never that, been there. That's wrong because show the other view yeah. of it. The I guy agree. comes
7: up on him. He has no idea. All of a sudden, right. he looks up and there's somebody with a scared. big object in front right. of him. Right. He didn't go yeah, seek out scoops. a stationary right. target, and knock exactly. him down.
5: I and plus, totally agree. I, I think <laughs> that camera guy had a side eye. Uh, to Devontae too, he saw Devontae. He could have stopped quick to file yeah, charges. Huh? I, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. How about that? I mean, Ezell from Friday, slip and fall kind of situation. <laughs> seriously, seriously, because he just walked. You don't walk in front of players going to the I to agree. the uh, to the tunnel and going up to the locker room. I played in Arrowhead in Atlanta, all three places. I played in Arrowhead. Never did I have to worry about any type of credentialed person walking in front of me going to the tunnel. I
4: agree with both of you. Palms pressing three. Ebony and Ivory. Number three, Palm.
5: Rich, I'll apologize for this up
4: front, but okay.
7: journalistic integrity mm. forces me to ask sure. the, the question. You start obviously, at Colorado, mm-hmm. won a national championship. There has been much discussion about the decline of Nebraska football since Tom Osborne left, much of it, of mm. course, self-inflicted. But the fall of the Colorado Buffaloes, although not as widely discussed, is it to an even greater depth. Since Coach Mack left, no one has enjoyed his level of success, including Rick Neuheisel Mm -hmm. and Gary Barnett. Now the Buffaloes are considered by most to be the worst football team in the Power Five and considered by some to be the worst football team in Division I. What has led to the abysmal state of Buffalo football? Mm. Is it hiring the wrong coaches, non-competitive facilities, or how much of a role has the switch from the Big 12 to the Pac-12 played in this
5: demise. Mm. Off the top of your head, huh? All off the top off of the my head, top of his yeah, head. all off the dirty. top of my head. That <laughs> believe that is, that I right? was gonna talk
7: about the <laughs> Lee Emery era, but <laughs> you, go ahead. You,
5: you, had all, you had all that information off the top of your head as yeah. you were driving in, okay. Yeah. All right, I've, um, I, I, I speech dictated okay. it into my phone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, you know, the PAC-12s not helping see see because mm-hmm. you know I, I think from a, from a chancellor standpoint and certainly from a president standpoint, uh, we're trying to put ourselves on par with Stanford. Uh, and so the mm. transfer portal, mm. uh, we can't even participate to help out the program if we wanted to. Now, in Coach Mack days, when we had um, our, our president, they were in lockstep. Uh, lockstep in terms of the division and, and certainly what they wanted to do with the football program and perhaps win a national championship. We were in a Big 8 back then, too, so you had to compete against Nebraska OU for recruits. You go to the Pac-12, we're not competing with Stanford for recruits. We need to compete uh, for recruits against SC UCLA and all those schools but um, it is just too tough right now so it's a combination of bad hires it's a combination of no money we had Mel Tucker we had Mel Tucker but we could not pay our assistant coaches mm. what you need to do in today's college football and now you got NIL and I don't know if the leadership wants to be involved in NIL right and so uh, we need to clean house in terms of the mindset I think getting back to the proper mindset would help Uh, Colorado right now but it is we're in a bad state of affairs right now and it's not it is not nice it is not nice to go through this considering uh what we established there years ago you
4: know Mike Palm that Mike Pritchard is the gentleman at VEASAN and you came in and just did him about as dirty as you could possibly off the top of his head I know yeah off the the dome piece yeah
7: Now, here's some of my thought Mm mm-hmm when you're, I, I hated Nebraska going to the Big Ten as well right. because here's what you do: you don't play in Texas every year anymore, mm-hmm. and, and you lose that recruiting base. And I think that the kid in Brownsville, Texas, Boulder is is as attractive as Lawrence, Kansas, and Stillwater, Oklahoma. But now, is the kid in San Diego want to go to Boulder, Colorado and st- instead of L.A. or Seattle or these other, these other Pac-12 sure. places? I think that also hurts in who they can recruit. But you lose Texas.
5: Right, right. I mean, we're, we're still trying to recruit in Texas. I, I'll say this, though. When you're winning, we can get our Rashawn Salon from San Diego, though, mm-hmm. right? And when, yeah. you're, when you're winning, um, uh, you can get anybody from, from South Central L.A. You can get anybody from Vegas. You can get anybody from Texas. But when you're losing like this is tough, right? It is tough to kind of rebuild it. We can't even keep Christian McCaffrey uh in Colorado, right? He went to Stanford of all places. So uh Colorado just has so much work to do it, but it starts with the mindset though.
4: Okay, boys, I see a 37 and a half. Everything points to the under. Steve Mackinnon's numbers. I'm going over that 37 and a half if I can get it. Mike Palm, what you say tonight?
7: I say I'll be uh I'll I'll, I'll I'll be watching and looking for an endgame opportunity. I want to see how comfortable Wentz is against the Bears defense, mm-hmm. or whether they can get a pass rush. Because I think that's that's the key to the whole game. If you can if you can get pressure, you're going to beat the the Commodores, as Michael calls them. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Pritch, what do you got? You know what? I, I might uh, tell Will Hill and that Justin Fields uh, underprop situation. I mean, it's going to be windy too, and he's challenged as a passer.
4: Okay. Mike Palm, do you have a Europa noon play for me, or you still got to study it? You know, I'm I'm still a little tough
7: sitting down after all those PKs yesterday in Champions League, so I I took a cautious approach. I went with <laughs> uh, Olympiacos, Korobag was my only play today.
4: Of course, and I'm guessing you played the under. That's yeah, yeah what I can't play overs.
7: I refuse. No,
4: I know you can't. You're <laughs> allergic. Thank you, Palm. Thank you, Pritch. Appreciate you both. Appreciate Thank you, you. Patrick. Thank you. Okay, Big Bets with Dave and Amal coming up next. If you dare.